Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk everything we can about independent comics. I hope you're all doing well today out in podcast land, and we are here, as always. I'm Brian, and I have with us the full house of Comics Deserve Better. The crew is here. So we have Darcy. Somewhere. Hello. <laughs> Usually you do the whole thing. So I, I know. Free to talk to everybody else. I totally, I, I switched scripts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and we have Richard. Hey. And Carrie. Hello. I hope you, well, besides me uh, flipping the scripts on you guys, I hope you're all doing well today. So um, we have, you know, kind of a, a, a packed show. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, DIY Corner. Uh, as always, where we talk about uh, Kickstarter comics or uh, crowdfunding comics, basically, comic book people do it themselves. Well, we have kind of one that kind of fits that bill. It's a, it's on Kickstarter. It's um it's on there by Legendary Comics, which is a comic book section or comic book uh, part of Legendary Films, and it is Head Wounds Sparrow. And it's actually one of the developers is Oscar Isaac, the actor, uh, and also is being developed by Jason Spire. It's written by Brian Buccoletto, who, who did Chicken Devil. So I figured that would be a good reason to bring this up as well. Um, sto- story is by Robert Johnson and John Alvey. Uh, art is by Christian Ward, which is one of those guys who, if I see his art, I got to buy it. And it was created by Robert Johnson. So uh, basically, it's a... It's kind of like a um, magical, well, not magical, but kind of like a spiritual slash like, um, you know, like ghostly detective story, Um, extra, extra normal, paranormal ghost story slash uh, detective story. The uh, it takes place, of course, in Louisiana, which is a great place to have a ghost story and a detective story. And it's um, about a crooked Louisiana detective with a higher purpose uh, that must, but he also must psychically suffer the wounds of those he's sworn to protect until he brings the assailants to justice. So that's part of the uh, description. And to continue, it's like no one would call Leo a good person, much less a good cop. But when his best friend is shot in front of him, he wakes up with a hole in his own head that only he can see and a host of mysterious strangers calling him, calling on him for action. So most people go about their daily lives ignoring or unable to see the divine battle for good and evil raging around them. But it has just become very, very real for Leo as angels and demons vie for the fate of humanity. He must choose his side or risk er- seeing everyone and everything he's ever known destroyed as the stakes get higher and higher. So it sounds pretty cool. And the artwork, of course, is Christian Ward. So the artwork looks great. Um, and uh, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, I can't buy every uh, DIY corner uh, that comes out. <laughs> However, yeah. this Christian Ward art looks exceptional. <laughs> like it's gorgeous. Yeah, I yeah, the, the, he's he's one of those artists that if he's drawing something, uh, I got to pick it up. And you know what's funny is that he recently came out with a book called Bloodstained Teeth a couple of weeks ago, but he's writing it. But and I was like, oh well, he's not drawing it, so I don't I don't want to pick it up. But then I looked, <laughs> I looked at the art and like the art's great too. Who you know, and which actually that kind of brings me up to my spotlight later. Um, that that kind of is a theme that happens here. Um, so 
it's, it's nice when when an, when the artist picks an artist i feel like it's a good thing because i i'm, I'm sure they're picking them you know for the right reasons mm-hmm. okay all right well moving on we have four spotlights this week so why don't we get started and since carrie you have been with us for the last two weeks i'm gonna make you go first oh okay sorry i was on a vacation <laughs> so um i don't know if i've talked about this artist before his name is will quinn and he's on instagram i follow him he basically does little bunny one-shot cartoons every um every day and so I wanted to kind of highlight his IG just because his um, illustrations are absolutely adorable. And um, they just tell like a, like today's Instagram was um, it's called daily bunny number 1752. And it just shows two bunnies on top of a bunny ship looking for golden bananas. It's adorable, but also um, he has a web comic. And if you go to his Instagram and you go to his link tree, on his personal website, he has a webcomic called Royal Witches Flying Corps, and he's trying to um, add to it weekly. And it's just basically about um, these kids who are witches, and they're kind of just like it's like a coming of age, and they're doing all sorts of like mischievous adventures. And I really love the artwork. I think it's really cute, and it's kind of nice. Um, to see something light and fluffy, literally in a bunny, and then also in um, his Royal Witches Flying Corps webcomic, because it's um, <laughs> sometimes your algorithm gets really fucked up on Instagram. So it's nice to see something cute and happy and fun. So I just <laughs> wanted to talk about him for a little bit. And, and you can DM him for commissions if you're interested in his artwork. So I always, I like it when people do that because uh, it makes, the art more accessible you know what I mean so and then you don't feel like you're stealing anything if you uh happen to get a copy of it so yeah I just like his work oh. I found his I found the webcomic the world yeah, which is really cool it looks yeah it looks really cool and yeah, we'll have a link uh to both his Instagram as well as his comic in the show notes for anyone who are, is interested it is really nice um all right well darcy how about you go next okay um yeah we don't actually have four spotlights that's why mine's bracketed in novels and the notes okay. yeah. um uh i was just gonna say i don't have one i've got a book that i have been waiting on library loan for like eight damn weeks to get hey, so it came work. in this week and books so i didn't spotlights. read that's uh, yeah, so uh, I'm reading uh, Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. Finally came in, so I've been reading that. It's great. <laughs> it should be a comic. It would make a fantastic comic, but so <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Read it. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> the cover art is wonderful. It's by Tran uh, Nguyen. Oh. Tran's a great artist. If you've ever seen their art, it's yeah. fantastic. Um yeah, great book. Read it. Love it. Awesome. Not a comic, so. <laughs> hey, but reading is reading, you know. Reading so. is reading. So I've, I've been doing book reading this week. Uh, we'll let it slide just this once. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that actually sounds really cool as well. And, uh, yeah, or 
I, I need to get back into regular books. I've been reading too many comics, so uh, any, any good suggestions is always good for me. Oh, no. Week, bef- week before I read uh, Library at Mount Char, also a great book. So Ooh. Very cool. Nice. Oh, no, I, I once read The Crucible in a girl's <laughs> reading. Not a good sign. I don't know. I don't know about any of this. Uh, was a witch. <laughs> All right. Well, Richard, I was going to go next, but I'm going to go next. No, go, go next. Go, go, go next. Oh, okay, fine. I'll go next. All right. Well, um, it's actually uh, uh, aforementioned, you know, it, it kind of has to do with the whole um, you know, good artists choosing other good artists to do their books. It seems like that happens a lot. Um, plus, also, this book totally gave me major vibes to our main subject, which is Bone, which I didn't mention or, or allude to. I accidentally just kind of skipped on. But, yeah, we're doing Bone, in case you didn't see that in our show notes or title. But uh, the, um, the book I chose was uh, Twig, number one, by Scotty Young. Uh, Kyle Strom, Jean-Francois Balou, and Nate Piecos of Blambot from Image Comics. So Scott Young, you know, he's, he's, he, was, he started as an artist, but I mean, his writing has been fantastic. I mean, from what I've read so far, like Middle West uh, was great. And so was the, the, um, the Me You Love in the Dark. And this book um, is a little more on the fantasy, like well, Middle West is very fantasy, but but like this is more like kind of on an all ages fantasy level, um, maybe a little bit younger than um, the Middle West was, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's also great. <laughs> so um, yeah, if I see his name, I'm going to pick up the book, and I was not disappointed with this one. Um, it is the story of Twig. He's like a small, cute little blur, blue furred creature, and he wakes up late for his first day as a placeling, with which seems to be a kind of a mix between of protecting others and also doing like kind of fetch quests for like other people that need things. Uh, though Twig wanted to become a cook instead of a placeling, his dad was the original, like was the the last placeling. And he had recently passed away. And since Twig kind of knew the job, he decided to put his cooking dreams aside and go ahead and go towards becoming a placeling. So um, there was a nice little cooking scene in the middle of it too. So that means he still has the love of uh, making good food. So that's always nice. Um, So he's accompanied by Splat. And Splat is a small, snarky little pet that uh, looks like a cross between a slug and a brontosaurus and he also is uh, bioluminescent so <laughs> that kind of works out when they go into dark caves um, Splat is the light and, uh, the, and also Splat is the uh, kind of the source of the comedy in this book it's a, it's a funny book and he kind of has this little snarky attitude um, and but um, and the kind of conversations between Splat and Twig are, are pretty pretty cute and endearing and also very funny. So uh, the first issue consists of Twig traveling throughout the land, uh, which introduces us to like the vibrant landscape of a colorful magical flora with a large diversity of creatures, different shapes, sizes, all wonderful looking. And there's including a jovial living mountain 
that um, some of the other creatures wind the belly up for minerals. And the way you get in the mountain is the mountain uh, opens up its mouth and least, and has its tongue come out as a bridge. And they had to cross the tongue as a bridge. And while they're doing that, Spot's like, you realize we're on this thing's tongue, right? And Twig's like, yeah, but don't don't mention it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to think about that right now. So there's definitely the cheeky humor, um, and everyone that Twig has met so far has been pretty lovely. So um, the world's being established pretty fast in the first issue, and I'm excited to just keep on exploring this uh, this new place. Awesome, the artwork's so cute. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, like I mean, like Scotty Young probably could have done this, this series himself, like art wise, but he chose someone great to do it for him. So happy, happy to oblige to read it. <laughs> yeah. I picked this up last week. I haven't cracked it open yet, but it definitely looks really fun. Yeah. I, I, I you know, like when, when it's funny. Cause like when I'm reading something like when I've read like the, the last like four or five things I've read by this person has been good. I always get trepidations that this is going to be the one where it's like, oh, uh, like, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. But, but no, I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Awesome. And definitely recommend. I haven't read um, I Hate Fairyland yet. I do have a copy of it, so I need to read it sometime. And that's written and drawn by Scotty Young. So one day I'm going to read that. And I've heard his Wizard of Oz adaptation was pretty good as well. So those mm-hmm. are two, two early things from Scotty Young that I haven't read yet. So maybe one day those will be my spotlights or maybe a main subject going forward. Very cool. Okay. All right. Well, Richard, are you ready for your spotlight? I am ready. Excellent. So uh, my spotlight this week is uh, I read uh, Land of the Living Gods, number one. Uh, It is by Isaac Mogajane, Santos on art and coloring, and Dave uh, Sharp on lettering. And uh, for this book, I just picked up just because the cover was just so pretty, <laughs> first of all. But it starts out with like a couple of, like a mother and a son, like or I can't tell if it's a son. mother and child, they're being chased in the forest. Like they're like indigenous uh, Africans. We don't know exactly where they are. I'm assuming the book is based in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, in the uh, far future of 3119. So I'm assuming this is South Africa in the past. But basically they're being chased by what I can only describe as like a, a person that's also a plant, like <laughs> kind of like a poison ivy type of thing. And they get chased off the cliff. The mother falls off the cliff into the water, whereas the child gets pulled in by the uh, vines. And then we for- fast forward to the uh, the future, which I guess is the present day of the story. And our, our main character, Naledi, she's being chased by a, a cyborg man and his uh, pet hunting hyena. There's just a lot going on post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> Everything looks crazy, crazy, crazy derelict. But the re- the way she's protected is basically the spirit of an ancestor of hers just kind of pops out and scares the hyena off. Hmm. So this is a world where we have technology, post-apocalyptic future, plus uh, mysticism and like gods and whatnot. So Nadeli was out like, um, she's actually uh, an, I- an I- wow, I can speak words, albino uh, young lady. And so I guess she, you know, bundles up and covers heavy so she doesn't get cooked by the sun. But she was out trying to get a medicine for her mother who's like ailing and very sick. And basically she lives with her mother and she lives with a plant. So I don't know if that's a callback to, you know, our little preamble. Uh, 
called mm-hmm. that she calls Buyo, and it's like an enchanted plant. Like she can talk to it; it does things for her. I guess it either has the it's enchanted or it has the soul of a god in it. But uh, even though she gets her mother medicine, her mother kind of has like a premonition in the middle of the night, and she's talking about that we have to bring the living gods back. And by the next day, you know, she her mother sends her on her errand, an errand. But when she comes back home, her mother passes away mm. from uh, whatever sickness was ailing her. Naledi kind of, you know, curses the gods. Is like, you know, how? Like, I prayed to you. I did everything I could. How'd you let my mother pass away? And one of the gods basically comes to her and is basically to 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 save the living and the dead. She has to resurrect resurrect the living gods. So the uh, plant at her house points her on a map. Like basically she's sent on a quest and is immediately costed by the same uh, cyborg and hyena that was chasing her down. She, she, she kicks him into the, the, uh, the, the penis, which, you know, always a good tact if you need to get away from somebody <laughs> and is running away. When she is promptly saved by a woman like on a uh, almost like Star Wars style speeder bike. But uh, basically the woman's like, you're an albino and I can sell you to witches. And, yeah. and scene. that's how the book ends. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you think she's going to be rescued, but no, apparently she's going to be sold to witches. So that's fun. One mm-hmm. of the neat things in the book is that like certain, uh, not even just proper words, but like there's little captions where they use uh, words in different, like, uh, I guess, local dialects, whether it be Zulu or Soto or um, I forget the uh, the last one. Oh, Shosa. Oh, so, you know, you get a little bit of South Africa feel, but like I've never yeah. read a book based in South Africa, just different locale. It's really, really pretty. But God, I mean, this is a very Mad Maxi world. It looks it looks like weird. This this planet is at the end of its rope. So it's a little it's a bit of a downer. <laughs> oh, well, it, it does look really cool. And you know how you feel like the last few weeks about the yeah, White Corner? Where it's kind of like a good and bad thing, like you're like, wow, yeah. it's like great to know about these things, but then it's like that means it's gonna cost me more money. <laughs> like, but like, because like this was one of those books that was like on my edge of my pull list, and I was like, mm, you know, like oh, I I, I can't get it because I'm getting already too much stuff right now, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm glad, and I'm also not glad that you chose this book to talk about because <laughs> it's it's good to live in ignorance, you know. Sometimes when it comes to not spending your money, you're like oh, like I don't know this book, this book is going to be good or bad. But now you're right; it's a good book, so now I'm going to have to pick it up. No, no. So it totally like I uh, whatever the week that the first issue came out, I saw it. I was like, oh, that cover's pretty, and I didn't yeah. pick it up. And then I think a week or two later. My pull list was a little lighter. The cover caught me again. I was just like, all right, I got to see what's going on in there. <laughs> yeah, it it looks great. And like, there's another book I'm reading that like is taking place like in a kind of a post-apocalyptic or a future like Africa, but this is like in West Africa. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember the name of the book and it kind of reminds me of that as well. But Digelia? Uh, not Digelia, which I, I have it on my list and I do... I, I've been reading Monkey Meat by uh, the, the, that writer and artist. I forgot his name. Junie Ba. And that's been great, too. Um, but, of course, I can't remember the name of the of the book I'm trying to think of. But, regardless, this sounds really good. And I definitely have to check it out because... It's awesome. no, it was really good. Fun read. Yeah. I might... I won't, probably will not remember the name of this book until it's way after we're done recording. And if I do remember, I'll, I'll put it in the notes or something. But we'll see. Um, 
So I think that's it then for our preambles. And we're about to go into our main topic. Ah, New Masters, by the way. That's the name of the book. It's written by, uh, I believe, the brothers. And it's another, it's another kind of like a post-apocalyptic slash um, um, like futuristic African story that that deals with like the value of people and the value of like um, of like society. Essentially, it's really cool too. So I was gonna say we're we're on the opposite of the spectrum because I definitely looked at that, considered it, and put it back. So maybe oh. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> and that, yeah, that's been pretty good too. There's like five stories going on at the same time, so kind of it was one of those books that. I feel like I'm going to have to not read until it's I, I finish collecting all the issues because like I have to keep on going back to the first and second issue to, to, to read the third issue and vice versa, you know, like, and so on and so on. So, but it's good. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead. If you guys don't mind, we'll go ahead and start talking about the uh, main subject of the evening or daytime, whenever you're listening to this. And that is Bone Volume 1, Out from Boneville by Jess Smith, and Colors by Steve Haymaker, or Hamaker, and published, the version we read was published by um, Cartoon Books. So, so uh, if this book is made now, it could be the same uh, same exact book, but this volume is called Straight Out of Boneville, right? And that's, I kept on wanting to call it that. But I think when I first wrote same, it Same, like every time I looked at it, I was yeah. just like, this should be Straight Out of Boneville, but fair and enough. I I wrote that in the notes too, and I, and I had to correct myself. I actually wrote Straight Out of Boneville in the notes because I did it off the top of my head. But um, this was my choice. So I always ask for a quick synopsis and... Uh, and a reason why picking this, so I'm not going to ask myself that right now. Would you like me to ask you? Oh, hey, no. Brian. Yes. Synopsis, synopsis of Bone, Volume 1, out from Boneville, please? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the reason why I chose this is that we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, Bone was going to be a Netflix animated feature or movie or TV show. I'm not sure, but there was going to be something on Netflix. And um, it got canceled and jeff smith kind of was like i'm done trying to get this thing adapted so it's been in kind of the zeitgeist it's something i've always meant to read so i just felt like this was a good time to to pick it up and read it and uh i um so i read it i read a few i i i got this memory when i started reading this disney adventures the magazine from Mm -hmm. like the 90s um the first few um few pages of this had had it in their comic book section of 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 their monthly of their monthly oh. magazine oh did and they I, I mean this definitely and, seems like something that i that it feels like just the adventures now that you've mentioned it yeah and i remember and, I, and once i started reading this for the for the week i'm like i remember reading this like you know 25 almost 30 years ago because i think it was like 94 95 you know um so so yeah i um and um which also makes it really sad because that means it was in the hands of disney at one time who could have easily made something out of this and they also did not so i can i can see the frustrations of jeff smith even more because when i don't know disney was a juggernaut as much as they are now back in the 90s but still if you know it's it's traded hands so unfortunate so 
but that doesn't mean the book isn't bad because it's actually i i personally enjoyed it and uh we'll talk about the synopsis real quick so basically the story follows three bones from boneville they're uh, cousins phony phony bone phone bone and smiley bone and after like a sneaky failed attempt of becoming the mayor causes the local connors phony bone and his two cousins to get kicked out of boneville they find themselves in an uncharted desert and after a kind of a freak locust storm they split up and uh from there we mainly follow phone bone to a mysterious valley as he's looking for his cousins and a way back to Boneville, now that they're severely lost. Uh, he soon comes across a couple large rat monsters that are looking for his cousin, but are happy to settle with phone instead. Uh, instead, instead, but, but then uh, at the last moment, phone is actually protected by a red dragon that some people know is real. Some people don't know is real, which is kind of interesting. A uh, very lazy dragon, it seems. Uh, then, um, but the dragon had had seemed seems to be spying on phone this entire time from from this point and on. So it's kind of an interesting. It's kind of, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that relationship. And uh, after a kind of a harsh winter, all of a sudden hits phone is forced to take shelter, and he befriends like a family of possums that he becomes the babysitter of the kids. <laughs> um, he soon. Then meets a young girl named Thorn and her grandma Ben, who is famous throughout the area for being the best cow racer around. And Phone then eventually catches up with his cousins. However, they are not out of the woods yet because the aforementioned rat creatures are just two of many of this giant army of rat creatures that has a hooded leader who, for some reason, has some kind of vendetta against Phony Bone. But it seems like everyone has a vendetta against Phony Bone. <laughs> I don't blame them because he's kind of, that is one big take of his character. Um, but uh, um, so, um, though they're all united, it doesn't seem like they're out of the woods yet, both figuratively and literally, because they are in the woods. So <laughs> that's my quick synopsis. So. so this book is filled with like adjectives that like no one uses anymore. Like I was reading, I was like, this is effervescent. It's filled with pep and, <laughs> and moxie. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It just, it, it transport me to like a different time. Like it just, it, it, it feels like a book older than it is. Like if you told me that this was uh, like a fifties uh, Scrooge McDuck comic, I believe you. <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah. A really good like point. that's the energy it seems to be going for also i do love that we're reading this book 30 years later because i feel like phony bone was like very like a cute caricature back in the day and i'm like hey someone someone kill this rich asshole <laughs> <laughs> someone, like if eat the rich was pointed at one person it's at phony bone he's terrible <laughs> yeah absolutely and i've heard that like his character gets better as the series goes on, but yeah, as of right now, I hope evolved. so. He's a prick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, and that money I'm, solves everything. Yeah, I never remember liking him. It's been a long time since I've read the rest of it. Mm. I read it in middle school, I want to say middle school. I had a friend in middle school who his nickname was Bone Cute. because he liked Bone, I think, is how that Aww. worked. Um, and so I, I read it for him. Um, I read it after I learned that about him, kind of. 
because I didn't know about Bone until he told were, were me you doing about the Oppo Bone. research. <laughs> no, I, I just didn't. I'd never heard of it before he told me about it. Like, mm. it's not something that ever kind of like came across my life. And then it was like, oh, yeah, for, my dad calls me Bone because of Bone. Um, and like his mom was a librarian, maybe oh. still is. I'm not entirely sure because mm-hmm. um, we don't talk anymore. But um, yeah, like I think that was middle school. It might have been high school. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's been a long time since I've read this. Uh, so I, I'd forgotten how exactly how annoying he was. <laughs> and I, I don't remember ever coming around to liking his character at all. Okay. Um, but yeah, maybe he gets better. I don't like- remember ever really liking him. The, the the fact that he learns no lessons and he doubles and triples down on everything is just infuriating. Because like, hey, they're letting you stay at the bar. Can you just be polite for like one day? And he's like, <laughs> F that. F that. But <laughs> that does fit a lot of, you know, like the 90s, uh, you know, like cartoon characters of the times. If you go with like a lot of the cartoons, you know, like, um, oh, like the Scrooge McDuck kind of characters, you know, like you've always got those characters that are just going to be assholes for assholes reasons. And they were fun when you were kids, you've always got to have that asshole. And for some reason you like them, but you don't like them. They're, they're, they're fun to not like, you've always got to have that character. The fun but I, I do feel like even like Scrooge McDuck, there was a heart of gold type of thing. I guess yeah. he does care about his cousins, uh, Phony Bo, but like there's just very few redeeming qualities about him. Every time yes. he can do the right thing, he will do, he, he will actively do the wrong thing, not incidentally. You know, sometimes like, yeah. hey, people get hurt because you made a decision, but you weren't trying to hurt someone. It's just like, oh, no, no, no. Phony's no. deliberately looking to screw somebody over at all times. Yeah, you, yeah we're were... doing we're doing a nuclear waste dump and a zoo <laughs> on top of one another kind of thing or whatever those those combined and, yeah. programs he were doing together and, and he was like oh yeah like i'm doing two good things together like why is that wrong yeah, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and like the retirement home that's like also in some kind of danger at the same time as well yeah uh he's he's yeah you know unfortunately that that character sure is not as much of a caricature nowadays no you know, it's that- not it's very <laughs> prescient yeah but it's very prescient of every billionaire that exists today, is, yeah. which is maybe why I, I don't remember liking him because I couldn't find anything redeemable in that character. Maybe well, he was funnier when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He's still cute. Even all the boats oh. are cute. So at least so, there's uh, that. The yeah. art, it's kind of like we were talking about with um, the book of human insects. The art's doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, well, uh, as a Smashing Pumpkins fan, um, the fact that he's wearing a black shirt with a silver star on it and he is bald reminded me of Billy Corgan. <laughs> so <laughs> that helps. You know, the shirt automatically, I was like, well, you know, at least he has Steve, a Steven Universe shirt on. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's true too. Definitely. But no, like, uh, definitely, um, I, I think, like, the, I, I loved Grandma a lot. You know, that oh, kind yeah, she's of, awesome. She's a yeah. badass. That fun, that fun trope of like the strong, like older woman who, who like is basically taking care of herself, and she, you know, also makes me like her more when she when she causes uh, some physical harm to to phony when they <laughs> when they first meet, um, and also um, 
also like Thorn was really cool as well. I, Thorn I mean, is like, really cool. Like I think I think every character we're supposed to like, I really liked. I even liked the stupid rat monsters because they're so inept and dumb. <laughs> in like, yeah, I. Like, <laughs> they they had again strong like cartoon henchman kind oh, of vibes. Yes, so absolutely. Was, yeah. yeah, I love how they get distracted by their own conversation <laughs> and just mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he's able to just slink away. <laughs> yeah I, I like and i think that i think that's actually a really prescient to this whole s- story is how much of like a almost like a tribute it is to like classic cartoons and like mm-hmm. classic comics like this is this is kind of a blast out of out of the past it really is it, but it doesn't feel old though at the same time it doesn't feel like yeah. it's, it's like a trope you know it, it feels like, like uh, with the uh fresh. the rat creatures i love how they both look kind of adorable but then when they need to be vicious, like when all those rat creatures are coming to, to, to ransack the, the, the uh, cottage or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's, it's legitimately scary. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's the thing is that like with, with his art, like, like it's like it can go from cutesy to like to fearful, like fearsome, mm-hmm. and, you know, easily. And, you know, in, even like the red, even the dragon, like the dragon looks like a big dope, like but until he needs to not be a dope. Yeah, he's got but, he's he's got those good Logan vibes. Yes, uh, Wolverine. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. totally see that. That's a good point. Definitely. Where he's got he's got some cuteness to him, but he's definitely like intimidating. Mm-hmm. I, if he says bub, I will not be surprised. <laughs> uh, but but I think I think the shading does a lot with that kind of. Um, mm. it, it works really well, you know. It's originally in black and white. Yeah. And oh, was it? It wasn't originally in color. It's it's originally a black and white comic, uh, and uh, the update was uh, in color, and um, so there's. I I don't really know how to like when you it, I I don't know if it's quite as obvious in color. But there is a real transition, like between like these light, happy moments and and the moments in like with the attack, or the moments with like the Lord of the Lotus when they've got all the rat monsters and they're getting their orders to go attack the forest. There is a transition in the art with like mm. how the shadows are being used in the art. Um, and and in the black and white again it's been a long time since I've read it but there is some transition to the art the art is very heavily cartooned it is very QC art I mean the bones are adorable mm-hmm. um, but but there is some you know there is some layering there towards this this contrast between well this is cutesy cartoony kind of like this little bone talking to little uh, possums hanging upside down and doing cutesy stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is a young woman uh, being attacked by these rat creatures. Like there is a difference there. No, Yeah. And in like, you can see it with the coloring as well. Um, It definitely like the, it's more dark, darker colors in the, in the scary parts. Mm-hmm. And and like yeah, you, I totally get like once again a total like Bill Watterson kind of Calvin Hobbes feel with with, with the coloring at least, you know, um, uh, during the lighter parts, 
like uh there's there's some things i could like when like there's a part after uh bone gets you know blown in the face by the red dragon and he's kind of uh smoky in the face and he's and he's uh kind of disheveled he's sliding down a hill that could easily be calvin and and like that which just makes me love it even more because i mean that was kind of my origins of of reading comics you know so right yeah it's it's nostalgic but it's not at the same time it's it's very it, it still feels fresh for something that's like even even 30 years old it feels it feels pretty new well, Calvin um, and uh, Hobbs. Oh. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, Calvin and Hobbs is such a blind spot for me. It was not syndicated down here to my memory. I don't ever remember seeing like my only interaction with Calvin and Hobbs pre-internet is the uh, decal of him pissing. And, but <laughs> oh I, God, but for funny. so, but for so many people I know, so many people that love comics, like like you said, it's part of their origin story. Like everyone like cites Calvin and Hobbs, and I have no context for it. I, I mean, no, I know I'm, what it because because the internet. I know what it is and how it works. Him, imaginary tiger, they go on adventures. But I never got like I, I'm not. I don't know it. So. No, I'm pretty much the same way. I don't think it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it came to the south quite as much to our like newspapers mm-hmm. and to everything. If you weren't actively picking it up, we weren't getting it. Um, right. So I, I'm I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, I didn't start reading Calvin and Hobbes till I was earlier. I had a, a family member, I think, like my aunt, but or excuse me, an uncle uh, who isn't actually an uncle, but he he had it, um, and and that's when I started reading it. I was reading tons of other stuff before I ever got to Calvin and Hobbes. One of my um, first real friendships I had growing up was built like on our, our love of Calvin and Hobbes. So I think that will always like have a, a place for me. That and makes all the- sense. Yeah. And the New Mutants as well. I think that's why the New Mutants is like my favorite X Men type comic because it was those two things that started us making, uh, you know, starting made us talk to each other, and then we became friends, and that was like my real first friend. So, yeah, <laughs> that's funny because I remember growing up with Calvin and Hobbes as a kid, like, and we read it religiously. But and this can be a whole other like point of topic for another episode, but. Looking back, I never felt that Sunday comics were comics like how we read now. And I, I still have a, like, I still differentiate the two. Okay. I don't well, same, feel, same. Yeah, I don't feel that Sunday comics are comics. I think they're like comics light, you know? Yeah. But anyways, so like, um, I have a confession to make. I didn't read Bone. So, um. I did though read the extensive Wikipedia page on it and the fact that everyone picked up on the um, classic cartoons, especially the Scrooge McDuck, uh, Jeff Smith has, I guess, has been interviewed quite a bit and has said extensively that he basically bone is his tribute to the epic of Scrooge McDuck that he wished that he would have gotten as a kid that Uh he, he was looking for, I guess, um, a 1,350 page comic of Scrooge McDuck. That was like his, his Holy grail and he never got to get it. So bone was his like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause uh, Mm phony's kind of Scrooge and uh, phone is kind of maybe Donald, but then Donald. Yeah. And then, and then uh, smiley's kind of like Gladstone or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Smiley's. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and I was gonna say, um, I have another word that we don't get to use off, uh, often. Smiley's a scam. 
I like yeah, like I just felt like, like everything about this like was like hey I could find archaic adjectives that no one uses anymore <laughs> and like they fit perfectly. <laughs> so, so who's the rap scallion then of this book? I mean, I think I think it's all well. Grandma I think it's also smiling. Oh, <laughs> grandma. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, Grandma was so badass. Like, like Smiley's just talking to her. She just rolls up her sleeve casually, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna end exactly as it should." I love her. (laughs) And so, so Darcy sent over pictures of the uh, of the black and white version. And yeah, okay, I could totally see that. Like between the kind of the light moments and the oh, cool, yeah, yeah, some clear, some clear differences between shading. Yeah, which is cool. So. Obviously, Phone has a crush on Thorn. Mm-hmm. Just a um, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, no spoilers, but does that kind of continue throughout the, the stories? Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so I, I, I had never read Phone before this, but when I first started reading uh, Wizard in the uh, mid-90s, this was like a, you know, a big favorite, I guess, of the editorial staff as far as an indie comic goes. Because, you know, they covered mostly the big two stuff, but they were really, really about both. So I just, like, I can't remember them verbatim, but I'm sure I read plenty of articles about Bone somewhere between 1995 and 2000. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's 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 a favorite for a reason. It's adorable. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. It's it's well-written. It's well-paced. It's, 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 it's one of those things, like, when I say, you know, I... I come out and very obviously say, I don't mind tropes. Like tropes can be done well. This is kind of it. Like it uses a lot of very standard cartoon tropes, but they're done so incredibly well. And they all feel, I mean, this feels like a very original book, even though we can line up very clearly, you know, this feels like a character from a cartoon. We can line up characters from a cartoon. He says specifically, like, like Carrie is saying, it's a love letter to cartoons. Um, but it still feels like a very original story because the storytelling itself is so well done. The storytelling itself is an original story. So you can take these tropes and you can use these tropes and you can use these tropes in original ways and you can tell these unique stories using them. And the art is so fresh and unique and it has its own, even though it's very cartooned and even though it has this nostalgic feeling that harkens back to uh, early children's comics uh, that are, you know, like highly Disney-fied or highly uh, in a manner that is nostalgic. Uh, it is very Jeff Smith. Like, it doesn't look like other people. You can say it, oh, it makes, it reminds me of this person or it reminds me of this comic. But yeah. Bone looks like Bone. Like, you're never going to mistake it for anything else. No, so no. even though you can, you can connect to this and say, well, it makes me think of this and it makes me think of that, Bone is very uniquely Bone. And there are people that will kill you, <laughs> metaphorically, uh, for, you know, like preferring the color version to the black and white like there are people that have very strong feelings about you know like what it did 
what editions of bone you prefer Interesting. <laughs> so like, pe- people are very serious about bone so there's a subs versus dubs uh argument there's <laughs> there are subs versus dubs people about bone the same way yeah. there are about you know like teenage mutant ninja turtles yes so yeah mm-hmm. i mean there there are some hardcore bone people and it's completely understandable because bone is very very much kind of cornerstone of of, of indie comics yeah, th- this is one of those exactly you put it right there. I mean, like it, this is one of those things where, like your your food groups of uh of of comics, and this is w- like one of the 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 biggest indie books that's like like if you're gonna read the fundamentals, this is bo- yeah to read Bone, which yeah, is funny because I haven't yet. But <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Archie, it's Bone, it's it's stuff like this very much Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. Hellboy. I would say as well nowadays. Spawn probably. Well, yeah. But yes. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. I um yeah, it, it was really good. Uh, I mean obviously obviously I like kind of going into it I had a feeling it was going to be good, but it's always once again it's a kind of a pleasant surprise um about how good it was because it is older, you know, and it is something that a lot of people nowadays have used as inspiration to create new stuff. And when, mm-hmm. and when you kind of go to the origin stuff, sometimes it feels like, oh, this has already been done, even though it was the first time it was done was by those people. Because you've read because you've read other things, you know, that have been influenced by them. And, and in this case, it still felt like I was reading like a fresh book. Like this was something like that, like could have come out in 2020 to, you know, or 2022 and and felt modern, even though it was written 30 years ago. So. Well, it's pretty, pretty enthused and happy about that. Also, I had a Mandela effect. I said that uh, phone phony's uh, star was silver, but it's gold. Now that I'm looking at it again, I I totally made it into Billy Corgan in my brain. So, <laughs> uh, but I have to read it. it looks good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, now yeah, that I'm yeah. taking the time to look at it, it looks really good. Yeah, definitely. No, it looks it, really good, and like it, it holds up. Like Brian was just saying, like I. The whole time I was reading, I was just like, was this made 30 years ago? Like, really? Because it, for like uh, Darcy said earlier, it's prescient today, but just it, 30 year old books, like, I feel like they just, they, we talked different 30 years ago in the early Mm -hmm. 90s. We sounded different, but this just seemed like, you know, evergreen. Yeah. Um, It's, oh, go ahead, Carrie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Really quick. um, Jeff Smith actually created his first, I think it was phone bone sketch at age five. Mm. And he started making the characters at age 10, like religiously. Right. I just, I don't know. I, I just find real, a lot of that really interesting about the actual concepts of the books and everything. It really was yeah. his love letter to. Uh, it, it has a lot of care put into it. Mm-hmm. And, and it has a lot of, I, I think one of the reasons why it holds up so well is because it doesn't read like a 90s comic um, (laughs) and it doesn't look like a 90s comic (laughs) there was almost there was almost no pouches i can't i can't guarantee Uh, that there's a pouch in the book i i don't remember a single pouch but you know like paneling and um the amount of words per word bubble and (laughs) stuff the amount of word bubbles per panel um Mm -hmm. it's it it has a lot of modern sensibilities uh, in the layouts, uh, in the lettering. Um, 
reading it feels a lot like reading a modern comic in that way. Yeah. And when you think of um, uh, uh, comics like that, it, it, it pushes heavily to that um, a show not tell, which is what we th- try to get to in modern comics a little bit more where we lean a little bit more heavily on the art mm-hmm. and we don't have to say everything that's happening in a panel, which we were just starting to get away from in the nineties. Right. And we had been doing a lot more in the eighties. Um, and I think it benefits a little bit more from that. And so it's not quite as anchored in its time. Uh, it doesn't narrate as much. Um, You're right. I didn't even realize that. It it gives the characters a little bit of a history that it doesn't set down and it it lets the reader um, fill in the blanks so -hmm. it doesn't treat the reader like an idiot. I think that's what made me feel like that twig book that I did for my spotlight was like that because it was kind of like the same feel it definitely there's an influence there because it was like you know you're kind of thrust into the story because like you don't see how or why they're, they're kicked out of boneville but you don't need to you just know yeah. that's some some shady shit happened with phony and and rightfully so by the sounds of it they got kicked out because uh of phony <laughs> yeah. you don't even find out like how he's a bad rich person until like the very end of volume one you just know mm-hmm. he's rich and we're not dumb rich people yeah. are bad <laughs> <laughs> we can accept that yes exactly so um oh the thing is that uh, the dynamic between the characters does so much of the work for you yes. to understand their history like you're like okay they got kicked out and then just the way that phony treats them and the way that he talks and you're like okay he's he's the reason <laughs> yeah yes and and yes. like and then like smiley's like your groucho marks you know even with the cigars and everything you know and like and, yeah and to to that extent it's got like those really really classical sensibilities like mm-hmm. your your silent movie sensibilities where it would come in with a lot of text but it leaves those out and it replaces them with like facial expressions and just the little hearts that it puts above you know the character's head oh Obviously, he's got a crush on her because there's a little heart above his head. Yes. Right? You don't need to explain it. Just put the little heart there. Done. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, one of the things I really liked about it, too, was how they the bones all look the same. And then there's, like, regular humans in the story. And then there's other creatures. But there's no... It's kind of like almost like a Lord of the Rings thing where everyone knows everybody's different and like there's no like oh my god like why are you so weird looking it's like they're you know like oh just another these bones it's are more just like i've never seen shirt. someone like you before but there's no yeah. like prejudice to it it's like oh yeah. hey new creature <laughs> the bones i'm like, going to accept you look like a bone and can talk because why not yeah, yeah. 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 Like, well there's right. literally a, a rat creature that's gonna eat me so yeah, I, I can right. imagine, yeah, a bone the the bones actually remind me a lot of hobbits as well because they're a little mm. smaller and they kind of have their own little weird community going on as well i wouldn't be surprised if they eat 11 z's or second second breakfast you know <laughs> so. um 
when it, uh, one design choice that I really liked is uh, the hooded uh, leader that kind of controls the rat creatures. His, the Lord uh, of his, the Lotus. Uh, speech, the Lord of the Lotus. His speech bubbles go directly connecting into his hood. And it, mm. it just gives him a menacing, creepy feel. And I also don't think I've ever seen a speech bubble used that way. And it, it, like, I was just like, that's just a simple extra design choice that adds mm. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Very clever. Now that you mentioned it, I noticed it. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So overall consensus, good book, recommend. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish all the volumes because it's just yeah. kind of fun. And like, um, it's just, especially, we know the times that we live in. It's It, it was just kind of a joy to read because- even when the stakes were high, everything was so cute and fun and poppy that like it didn't feel that bad. No, it really didn't. And and, and that, that's kind of a breath, a breath of fresh air as well, you know? So, absolutely. Yeah, definitely want to read more. I have I have the Scholastic editions, like the, the, like the first. I think they were the ones that first came out in color, like the first color mm. versions. Mm. Um, I bought them all at a, a used bookstore. Um but uh, through moving and everything, I only have six, nine, four, five, and eight um, on my shelf at this moment. And so I got to find the other other ones and definitely read through them. But just now I was pulling them out of the of my bookshelf and I opened one up and <laughs> I got to use bookstore and there was a uh, kind of a handmade bookmark from like a third grader from a local elementary school oh that's cute oh, that's cute yeah it was really it was really cool just to see that you know kind of a, a fun little thing see this little i'm showing <laughs> the, the video so I'm, I'm hoping that this third grader read the book and loved it and ended up becoming a good person because of Bo. <laughs> I don't know. I, he was, we're putting a lot on him. He yeah. was in the third he grade when he owned that book. That third grader read that book <laughs> and was like, hey, this phony guy, he gets it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like the guys who watch Fight Club and love Tyra Durden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully not. That third grader's a monster now. <laughs> Poor Hayden, man. American Psycho. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Well, uh, unless you guys have anything else uh, to talk about, uh, we can go ahead and, and move on. Nope, I'm good. Any final thoughts? <coughs> Just some coughs. Sorry. That's it. No worries. We'll soon have mute buttons again on our end here. Um, all right. So if you all don't mind, we'll go ahead and uh, call it an episode. And I am my own worst enemy sometimes when it comes to things. All right. So we have reached the end of the show. And thank you for listening to our show. And hopefully you read along. Uh, before you uh, you listened, and uh, if you have some opinions about Bone, just go ahead and give us an email at better at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter as well at CDBPod. Good pods, also CDBPod. Uh, website is comicsisarebetter.wordpress.com. And um, tell a friend, you know, get the book club bigger. You know, so it's always fun to talk to friends and, and loved ones about good stuff. So, and also bad stuff too you know it's that average things that are not fun to talk about 
It's always a good and bad stuff. But anyways, um, Darcy, where can we find you on the internet? I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and books and serial dot wordpress dot com. Uh, I am currently talking about uh, still Squirrel Girl, uh, the unbeatable radio show on Twitter. Uh, it's fantastic. Still awesome. Last episode was amazing. And still talking Batman and Buried, mm-hmm. uh, which just recently beat out uh, Joe Rogan on Spotify. <laughs> Kicked his ass. So... <laughs> We're having good times uh, for superhero uh, serialized podcasts right now. Rock on, keep listening to them. So I and just, jump on these. The, <laughs> yeah, and like I'm, I'm an episode behind on both right now. Um, but um, the 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 I liked Batman a lot, and I have mm-hmm. and I I understand the the name draw why why they're calling it Batman, but I'm always kind of like. Like, like this definitely the story so far is very not at least the first two episodes that I've listened to are very not like Batman esque. They're just like Batman mm-hmm. only. So so yes. therefore I'm kind of like like oh it could just have been like a brand new character. They could have also developed another character, but I understand mm-hmm. at the same time. Batman sells. Mm-hmm. Batman brings ears. That's why they're using Batman them. brings ears, yeah. Yeah. So so it's like big so, long pointy ears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like uh depends on what era, but yes, definitely um all right well yeah i on batman and buried i'm 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 still i don't know like i just i don't know but uh i was kind of teasing about the cheetos thing (laughs) cheetos ad at the beginning of it Mm -hmm. um because it reminded me so much of the kellogg's ads and the superman the Adventures of Superman, so funny. I loved it so much. I don't know if they did it on purpose because Cheetos is such a weird ad for a Batman uh, show, for a Batman show that's this serious. Like it is a serious serial killer show. Yeah. <laughs> and it starts out with this really weird, like um, hey, uh, Cheetos ad. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's very, hey kids. Yeah. I and, wish uh, Batman uh, did the live read though. He's like, it, hey kids. If, <laughs> if Winston, if Winston Duke did the read for this, it would be even better. Yeah. But I, so I, I was making this joke about it on Twitter, and Eric uh, comes in, who is the writer of the show, and is like, um, okay, so that wasn't a reference, a reference to Kellogg's. I guess they didn't have any control over the advertisement, obviously, but they made one you know, actually in the show, which yes, they did, you know, they make one to the gray ghost, they make one to the Kellogg's thing. And I caught that, but you know, like he, he's listened to all these things. He knows what he's talking about. So I've got faith that it's going to, you know, like I've got faith in him. He knows what he's doing, but yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure. <laughs> it's, yeah, I- he, he definitely knows what he's doing. It's definitely a good show, but I'm still like Batman. <laughs> It's, Winston it's not, Duke's a great Bruce Wayne. I'm I'm not yeah. questioning it, but <laughs> it's just what uh, there's been kind of a, a nuance to why it is a Batman book. Like, um, yeah, I have a feeling that there's going to be kind of some kind of reveal that it totally turns 100 percent into a Batman book towards the end. But we'll we'll see because uh, so so it, far it, it's, it's, it's it's just it's a little Hannibal at the beginning, yeah, <laughs> and I'm is. like. Wait. That interests me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, this is a, a true crime type. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you would really like it. Oh, I should give it a shot. Yeah. 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 
because I, the podcast I'm listening to currently, I can't fucking stand these women anymore. So I oh. need to find something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've gotten like that with about five of the ones I'm listening to. So yeah, you've got to you've got to change them up sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes people just get on your nerves. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to switch, switch to Batman and Buried. If you were a yeah. true crime person, yeah. this is a true crime podcast for you. I'll give them another download. Squirrel Girl as well because Squirrel Girl is really good. It's just fun. Squirrel Girl's hilarious. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait till I get to it. Um, yeah, we we were out of town, and I listened I listened to podcast that when i work we're on the way to and from work so i didn't work on friday or, or monday so i'm two days behind so i'll i'll catch up eventually <laughs> it's a great episode cool i'm excited all right well richard where can we find you um i'm at topcat 360 on all social media um i don't know do something vote go to a protest do some yeah. research mm-hmm. like just do stuff it's fucked right now <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you can't certain things you can't just uh you know tap out on and just bow out like and a woman's right to choose is one of those things so do what you mm-hmm. got to do and whatever you can that's all i got mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope too it, it starts with this which is terrible but then it's going to come to something else it's going to be you know, gay marriage is going to be other rights. And eventually and, they're going to just yeah. outlaw me. And not just yeah. black, I don't mean black people. I just mean me personally, Richard. They're going to be like, hey, this guy, <laughs> the, the 20, get this guy out of here. 26 amendments. No restrictions allowed. There you go. Okay. <laughs> but uh, um, no, good point, though. I mean, definitely <laughs> do what you can because, yeah. you know, a quiet, a quiet, complacent public is, is the same as a public like that lets things, bad things happen. So, well, they're outlawing pro- uh, protests, so uh, yeah, of course, fucking insane. Oh, they were so my- quick to do that. The fucking SCOTUS, yeah, one yeah. day. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing that I read, um, I came across something on Twitter in an article a couple weeks ago. I forgot where it was, but they outlawed, um, they outlawed roommates basically. I yeah, yes, like, I saw that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they were yes, like, they were no cohabitation. Like, hey, yeah. yeah, with like uh, non-adult family members. They're like, uh-huh. hey, we're we're trying to jack up this rent, and you're saving money by living together. Uh-huh. So that that's outlawed in this city. So yeah, that was somewhere in Alabama. <laughs> oh, and no, I should I say, guess. it's not they're not outlawing protests. They've just upped security for SCOTUS. Yeah. I shouldn't. That was uh, incorrect. But they're trying to make protests illegal outside of you know that's by up. By upping security, that's mm-hmm. basically what they're doing. It's almost mm-hmm. as if, if somewhere, maybe you know, like we had somewhere in our documents that we had the right to protest. Mm. That might be helpful. Mm. Who knows? Oh, well, is that already a thing? It's all. It's only okay. It's only okay if you're uh, if you're running into the Capitol building wanting to to kill the people who. Uh, you see, the, are... you use too many words. Uh, it's okay <laughs> if you're. If you're a white person <laughs> at yeah. certain times, if you're like mostly white men, if you're mostly white women, not good. No. If you're anybody else of any other color, also not good. <laughs> oh, no. Unfortunate. But, unfortunate, but yeah. You know, well, let, let that be our uh, our uh, our social talk of the of the week then you know go out and do do good things because and, no one else is going to do it and if you want since we're still on the subject if you want to go ahead and help people out um i would start like donating to any 
place that's going to help uh, fund abortions or help fund travel for women to or people who can give birth to get abortions and um, to also fund contraceptives because mm. that's that's part of the next talk uh, or the next phase supposedly is that um, some states will now try to ban contraceptives. Already trying to ban condoms in a couple of places because uh, that's absurd. I saw that as well. And somebody's trying to go after Plan B. Yeah, it's like you fucked hard. That's not an abortion pill, you goddamn idiots. That's uh, if yeah. I mean I have I have Plan B currently in my house. Um, I have taken it before many times because condoms break, birth control doesn't work, and you just want to make sure that you don't get pregnant it is one of the worst things to take it fucks you up so bad but like I mean at least I had the opportunity to get it and to have it (laughs) so it's just it's your choice it's totally someone's choice to to have that Mm -hmm. no one else's obviously that's what it should be all right well I'm at Brian2814 on Twitter and Brian underscore CV on Instagram. Brian runs with Gaijin. That's where that name comes from. <laughs> um, and um, I guess, you know what? Um, Carrie, you kind of already talked about your, your non, kind of nonprofit. For, for oh, the- but I actually have one. That you was just me one. going okay. on a soapbox rant. Sorry. No, no worries. Um, so there's an account on Instagram called Raising Men Lawn Care Service. It is run by a gentleman named Rodney Smith Jr. Uh, The tag is we provide free lawn care to the elderly, to the disabled, to single parents, veterans, and to mentor kids by showing them the importance of giving back to the community. Uh, He is based in Huntsville, Alabama. He does a lot of good work. Currently, he's doing an Instagram challenge where they ask uh, children to participate in the 50-yard challenge, meaning that they have to mow 50 yards within their community, and then they win a prize at the end. Um, I've donated to this. Um, they have an Amazon wish list in their link tree where you can send where you can send them like safety goggles and um, earplugs for kids, gloves, you know, just things like that. So that way the kids can go out and actually perform this community service. And um, again, as someone who has a disabled father, um, it's just this whole thing kind of speaks to my heart. So I'd like to highlight them for this week. All right. Well, I guess that's it for our show then. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, fellow co-hosts, for, for joining me and talk about some cool stuff as well. Thank you, as, Brian. As always. This is definitely one of the highlights of, of my week every week. So I appreciate it very much so. Um, Should I take that as a dig because we're married? No. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of awful, Carrie. I know. Carrie's always a light of my life. Wow, that's. Hmm. And then I have a dog. I guess literally. he did say only one of the highlights. Yeah, of yeah the, I guess that's like, the same. This is definitely the, the greatest wording. thing out of everything. Like, oh my god, that sucks so much. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just grumpy. I have okay. sun hives from this weekend. Yeah. And I, I have a dog attacking me with kisses right now so i guess it's a good time to go all right well um this has been the comics deserve better podcast and remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics good night bye night bye night
Oh, I lost the mouse. Uh oh. Again? I did that thing. Oh, I didn't get into your. Uh, he was, yeah, yeah, he was Black I... Bolt and it was awesome. 